trending news right now. Hashtags and headlines in the last 24 hours. Let's unpack them with journalist, researcher, and social commentator Ade Kunle Owalabi. A thriving Thursday to you, Ade. How are you? I'm doing good, Asanda. Um, and yourself? I'm good. Thank you very much. And uh, always great chatting. Huh? Let's uh, catch up on hashtag Mandela Mandela first of all. So he was uh, the grandson of uh, former president. He was the guest of honor at the opening ceremony at the African Nation Championships, the under-17 uh, one held in Algeria. And he received backlash from Moroccans. What happened in terms of his speech? Um, it, it was quite, uh, I, mean, I mean, a predicted um, um, situation. And we were not actually expecting him to um, to have actually uh, made the comment about uh, to to Morocco actually um, calling for the freedom of uh, of uh, uh, Southern Sahara and um, so that comment was something that was uh, that actually upset the Moroccans and knowing that um, Algeria and, and Morocco has been at loggerheads over time like last year flights were disrupted and. Morocco also pulled out of the game, knowing that it was being held in Algeria, and the allegation was they were not allowed to fly directly into into Algeria, and um, that really upset the Moroccans. And when the game was now happening in, in Morocco, and uh, Raya Casablanca fans decided to come out with an outfit, and now uh, referring uh, Mandela Mandela as uh, as a little Mandela, and now telling him that um, the last colony in, in, in Africa is actually Orania in, uh, in, in South Africa. And that has actually put Orania into spotlight and quite a lot of um, reaction from that side. And I had personally monitored the boat and the messages that has been popping out even on across uh, South Africa. A lot of Moroccans are now storming the, the social media trying to push their the aggression, uh, not just to, to to Mandela now, but also to anyone that would uh, engage them around um, the conversation. So Morocco controls about 80% of Western Sahara that uh, uh, Manta Mandela was calling for the freedom of. Do you think that that's why he received backlash? Because of that or because of him mixing politics with football or politics with sports? Uh, uh, Absolutely, he's um, mixing. He has actually mixed politics with, with football, and um, and and that's also Moroccan. I've also written to to CAF as well, reporting that and and not uh, expressing how they f- felt about the the remarks and uh, the comment that he made about it. And um, we would just have to see uh, what the has come up that um, uh, message to to FIFA and CAF would actually have to turn out to be if indeed he'll be found uh, wanting for that. Well, the the stadium where the ceremony was held, it's a newly built one, and it is named after our former President Nelson Mandela. And we know what he stood for in terms of uh, advocating for freedom. Can we blame his grandson for wanting to continue that legacy and putting this in his speech? Uh, absolutely not. And and um, based on his, uh, his response as well, he said that it was actually expected. Uh, he was expecting, rather, the, the it's not 
surprise uh, based on the outcome of his comment. And I think it would not uh, stop him from continuing to actually uh, push his, um, his message for freedom for countries that have been oppressed. Uh, he has also been one of the uh, people that has been speaking for f the freedom of Palestine as well. So he's not new to this um, kind of uh, situation. Okay, so he's unfazed, uh, but uh, the Algeria's Football Federation, they are saying he's violated rules of CAF on political involvement in football. So uh, where do you think this is going to end up? We'll just leave it and move on? Or I, I do not really think there will be much they can do. It's, uh, it might just be a slap on the wrist for him because he's not actually a football uh, person. And so there isn't really going to be much uh, that it would do, knowing that um, it was just a little bit um, um, of, of an issue because now he's, he was actually speaking while he was in Algeria. And um, he was not being accused of being um, on the Algeria side and also some allegations of him probably might have been paid to to say such a comment towards them but i do not think it it can be that he is known for being an activist speaking for uh, people actually for arab nations as well mm. also in the world of sports uh, football specifically hashtag benny mccarthy let's talk about him eric ten the manchester united manager has expressed uh, during a question session from friends that uh, he looks up to Benny McCarthy's coaching skills. He's applauding them, let's rather put it that way. Uh, it was, it's actually a beautiful story to see our, our golden, uh, I wouldn't say golden boy, now it's a golden man <laughs> yeah. doing exceptionally well in, in, in Manchester United. And we can all see the, the performance that uh, United has actually put forward and knowing how they were even able to beat uh, my team, Manchester City, mm -hmm. and also uh, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> they withdrew with uh, Crystal Palace, but uh, they put up a good fight, and and um, we could all see that. So we know that it was in all talks, and it was also nice of Eric Ten to actually uh, acknowledge um, his impact in in in, uh, in the Manchester United squad. Um, quite uh, quite interesting to see, and I think it will also inspire everyone back home to see that uh, if you can uh, dream it, you can actually achieve it, and uh, quite an inspirational story. Of course, uh, definitely. And he was talking about how his expertise and striking is uh, definitely needed there. Of course, Benny being an ex-striker himself, and we know him as a Bafana Bafana legend. May he keep rising. Absolutely. It's, uh, it should, we, we're really happy to see um, everyone you know, exploring and, and doing us proud uh, outside the shores of, of South Africa. So uh, back to the country then, hashtag Boxburg blast, uh, the blast that happened there. Uh, police have opened fre a fresh case now against the gas tanker driver. And uh, this tanker exploded under a low-lying bridge back on Christmas Eve. A shocking story it was that, and it uh, killed at least 41 people. What are the new charges now to the, f uh, the driver? Um, the, the new charges have not been disclosed yet, but we can speculate for now on what this could actually be, because um, knowing that the driver 
has been uh, acquitted. And he, also the company also did uh, mention that they didn't see him do anything wrong in this situation. Now it becomes um, unclear as to how, what charges uh, would this now be on what exactly would they now be put uh, to him to say um, he, he actually did something wrong this time around, knowing that investigations were already concluded. I do not know if this is uh, how this is going to play out exactly. Maybe when they get to announce uh, maybe another press conference around this, uh, this case because uh, the families and they want closure regarding this. And they think someone needs to be accountable for, for the loss of their loved ones. The, the court case was dropped previously due to insufficient evidence. So uh, now the police, where are they getting this evidence? And do you think their focus will be on uh, the policing or on the lawyers that stood firstly or the representative or even the company that stood previously to not bring forward sufficient evidence in the first place? I think they could have gone back to the drawing board to actually explore. Uh, they are always going to be a way around this. Uh, they might have explored a loophole somewhere on how to actually hold the company accountable by actually getting the, the, the driver charged because now the driver um, it becomes um, liable on the, on the, from the company. So it's, it's, it, that could be a, a, a possibility for them to actually uh, look for ways around this, um, how they can actually bring the company to, to make them uh, accountable or responsible in a way for, for, for this um, accident that happened. Okay, let's talk uh, the hashtag Pali fire. Uh, the parliament fire that took place there. So uh, the latest is that staff should know by February if they will be held accountable. Of course, we know it was allegedly caused, this fire, by Zandile Mafe, who is facing criminal charges. So this is now what's uh, the latest. What what, uh, can you tell us on this one? Exactly. I'm not entirely sure how, I'm not entirely sure how the parliament is going to work this out. Because we know Zandile Mafia is back to court on how the outcome of this of this case would turn out to be. Uh, it would now determine uh, probably if anyone in the parliament would be accountable for this. And it's, it's unfortunate that this case is now dragging uh, much more longer now. And I do, I actually thought everyone might have forgotten about it because we have more pressing issues. And knowing the parliament have spent about 2.2 billion rand in, 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 in actually uh, renovating and, and fixing the, the parliament. But I do think they also want to put this to bed as to not just holding Zandile Mafia accountable, but also some sort of accountability from the from the parliament side too. What could the staff be held accountable for? Because, I mean, Nehau had uh, uh, claimed that parliament's protection officers were not on duty because parliament was cutting on costs and they were not making them work on public holidays. How does the staff get blamed for something like that? Because they have to have a directive from parliament exactly and knowing that they've explained that past to them and it's surprised i'm surprised that they have been asked to present any additional information to investigators that would would also help them to uh, to to find someone to uh to be charged with this and i do not entirely know what exactly 
is is parliament doing regarding this and i think it's better if they could actually wait till the outcome on the 27th of january and maybe this is just a way of uh, just alerting them and i also think if for them to have put this message forward could this not have affected a case that is already in the court and if someone knows now that they could be implicated knowing knowing that the parliament um could be looking for someone in the house as a scapegoat if there are any evidence that could actually implicate them they will probably be destroying it right now and mm. it's it's just something that doesn't it didn't really make uh, uh logic for me as a person but i think the parliament should have actually uh waited till the outcome on 27th of january let's move away from the country then over to afghanistan the hashtag afghanistan women's rights the un has stepped in there senior un officials in afghanistan uh pressing for women's rights they have held talks with the taliban led administration it's 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 another another issue that um been dragging for quite a while and i should really commend um the one of the UN official um Amina Mohammed and knowing that um she's quite familiar with uh, with the islamic uh, nations and with what they've been doing now in in Afghanistan is um trying to see how they can negotiate and also discuss with the Taliban and how to actually bring back the women into into schools into the workforce uh, to to reintegrate them back into society and one of the fears that U- united nations officials has also put to 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 us as well is they are, they feel like approaching Afghanistan with the western perspective might also be a waste of time and they are also now looking at alternatives of probably involving islamic uh, nations to actually stand in the gap to see how they can put um these ideas forward to them we've seen countries like the UAE that are opening um up the societies where women are now driving women are now part of society they are now in schools i think a country like that could be uh, a model for them to look into but we also should not forget that this is taliban and they are extremists when it comes to their views on their uh, on islamic religion so mm-hmm. i we can only hope that this meeting will be a, a positive outcome but for now united nation they are unsure about what the outcome of this meeting would be yeah another positive outcome we hope for is with the elections there in nigeria where you are uh, stationed at the collation center in abuja being dubbed as the election of the youth this one what can you tell us here yes um the youth actually have the is uh, registered voters this time around and usually nigerian's election is usually between two top uh, leaders party which is the pdp and the apc but we uh, recently we had another um imagined candidate which is uh, peter obi who is the leader of the labor party now we have two three uh, top political parties now that are actually hiring for the highest seat in asorok in abuja for for the president uh, um candidate in nigeria 
and now there are also been uh, some issues around um, election uh, electoral officers being attacked and their people have been prevented from collecting their pvcs and there are speculations that elections might also be postponed as well but um, the electoral chairman have assured that election will go on as planned and we can only hope that the youth can actually come out in numbers and vote for their candidate of their choice they have the chance now to turn nigeria around knowing that nigeria has been in through quite a lot of issues, Boko Haram, corruption, kidnappings, and quite a lot of um, avoc that have wrecked the countries from the military era to uh, the civilian rule as well. Well, a busy week for you, and uh, we uh, thank you again for your time and uh, chatting to us this morning, Ade. Yeah, thank you, Asanda. It's always good to be on the show. Thank you. Awesome. Adekunle Owalabi is a journalist, researcher, and social commentator discussing trending news.